No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Monday night and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is Cheekbox Wine. Tonight's recommended snack, Bland Brand No Name Crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6pm, ladies. Thank you for joining us, as always. So much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, there are a couple of ways you can do it. Uh, you can do it intermittently, sporadically on DLive, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Uh, also, of course, streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Still working for some of us because some of us are not awful Nazis. Some of us are the good guys. You know, what I love most about Streamlabs and organisations like it is they will actively police the people who use their platform. I appreciate it. Thank you for keeping me safe. Uh, a couple of diamonds. Lou Frigno with the diamond. Spend it while I can. Thank you very much, sir. Jim Nword with the diamond. I'm going to rape and murder you in Rust. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you for joining us, Jim. Jim's been doing a lot of trash talking lately about what he's going to do to me in a certain game, a certain video game called Rust. He's very optimistic, is our Jim, but that's why we love him. He's very positive. He's positive to have around the group. I mean, with positive comments such as, I'm going to murder and rape, uh, rape and murder you in Rust. I mean, who wouldn't want this individual around? Who wouldn't want him there? So, so much to get through so little time. Um, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to rape and murder me on Rust, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday. It's a new week. It's a fresh week. We've got fresh optimism and fresh hope for a world that will hopefully eventually turn into nothing but candy and rainbows because we are very optimistic here on this program. We definitely don't want to associate with people who are very Nazi-like and have their streamlabs taken away. Would we want to do, definitely want to do that. <laughs> um, you don't worry. We've got similar stories tonight to cover, so we'll get through all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, if you believe, if you are an optimistic person, you've got hope for the future. You want to you want to put out a positive message, a positive vibe, because there are rainbows shooting out of simultaneously both your eyeballs and your asshole wherever you go. You just can't help but give people love and positivity and think about that, which makes the world a better place. Well, I want to contribute to that today, so I want to start off on Monday on the right note, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of the right note, how about we make it a musical note? <laughs> Why don't we start off with a little bit of positivity? Because, hey, it's not all bad news. Some of you guys out there are just too negative. Some, and I'm looking at you, chat. You're far too negative. You're not positive enough. So how about a little bit of sunshine in your miserable fucking lives in this hellscape? Huh? Huh? 
It's about time you get with the program. Our government's now full of folks who are extraordinary. But I'm especially impressed by the new press secretary. She's gained a reputation for her brain in every session. As well as for the way she likes to use one pet expression. Now this, believe it or not, this this might be a fun thing to do actually, because <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not you know what I'm not going to ruin the surprise. I want to see what you guys think. Press one in the chat if you think that this is a pro Joe Biden song. Press two in the chat if you think that this is an anti Joe Biden song. Because right now at this point, it's not so obvious, is it? Because both are cringe in different ways. <laughs> So is this person, press two in the chat if this person's going to be anti-Biden and it's going to be like a cringe uh, MAGA boomer type song or press one in the chat if you think this is pro-Joe Biden and this is going to be like a cringe boomer SJW song. See, look, I, I bet you it's going to be split. <laughs> it is. <laughs> two, two, one. <laughs> That's a thing. You don't know. <laughs> See, this is wonderful. Finally, we can we can be surprised by something again on the internet. Isn't it cute? So, the audience is split. Russ in the chat. Yes. Can we circle back to this, please? We can circle back to it at the end. So, the audience is split. split. We don't know whether this person loves Joe Biden or hates them. <laughs> that's what I love most about 2021. To be fair, that's what I've loved most about the last five years. This phenomenon where... You know, we're now collectively in a state where the more ridiculous something is, the more likely we are to believe it, you know? Because you you can read an article and it says, you know, Professor advocates that all straight men remove their penis in order to understand what life is like for other people, you know? But (laughs) that can both be a true and a false headline, you know what I mean? Because we hear that now and we go, oh, of course. You know, the, the fake headlines are ones that say, like, you know, politicians keep their promises. The real heroes of Wall Street are the hedge fund managers. You know, they're the real stories. <laughs> so I, I love that people aren't sure whether or not this person is actually, you know, pro Biden or against Biden. It's fucking beautiful to me. So let's have a look. Let's go on this journey together. Let's see who wins the internet biscuits today. Our government's now full of folks who are extraordinary. But I'm especially impressed by the new press secretary. She's gained a reputation for her brain in every session. She's so smart. As well as for the way she likes to use one pet expression. Circle back, Jen Saki, circle back. That's your way of saying to the media pack. If a fact's in doubt, you'll go find things out and give more details when you circle back. (laughs) Good, huh? (laughs) 
So whoever voted one, you guys win the internet for today. This is uh this is an an admirer of of Jen Saki. This is a fan of Jen Saki. I wonder if the reply here, because you if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see on the screen the woman who's performing this ode to to Jen Saki has put a tweet up on the screen, and and it's a tweet replying to a now this news clip of Jen Saki saying I'm going to circle back, and this person replies. Anyone worth their weight in PR and press secretary uh, secretary is a PR role, knows it's a cardinal sin to knowingly provide false information or make it up on the spot. Ethical PR people do circle back. So she's being ethical and smart and saying, I'm going to circle back to that. And I bet you that this woman is, she's put up her own reply to the tweet, you know, (laughs) I bet you, I bet you that's her reply. You know, like I hope she sees this, bro. Kind of, kind of vibe to it. So, <laughs> and now maybe she didn't get enough attention with the reply. Maybe this, you know, she'll put out a song. Maybe she'll see this one day. She might have because three hundred and sixty thousand people have watched this clip. So there's a chance that Jen might have seen it, and I hope she appreciated it. You're no hack, Jen Saki. You're no hack. Even when the right wing is going on the attack, you put them in their place with a smiling, smiling face. And with styling grace, that's, that's how Jen Saki circles back. You're a bright, refreshing sight to see. And we love your chunky jewelry. You give I love it. It's very, it's very wartime, isn't it? very World War II, we can do it girls, let's march in lockstep, let's fight the Nazis together, you know what I mean? It's very uplifting and positive. Very white, it's a very white person thing to sing. Saki, you give facts about the helpful policies your boss and ex, and your all women team is a feminist dream with the top talent decency attract. <laughs> oh, that aged well. And your all-women team is a feminist dream with the top talent decency attracts. Coming up after the break, why a member of the Biden communications team has been fired for sexual assault. (laughs) I mean, there's so much. You know, what I love most about the Biden administration's communications team is there's just so much talent there. These people are very talented. I tell you, it's a feminist dream. It's so wonderful. Truth is back, Jen Saki. Truth, Truth is, back. is back. You don't care if schmucks on Fox are talking smack. When you're <laughs> on TV, I can't wait to see how you patiently don't let jerks give you any flack. You've let... Yes, because... Yes, we all know that Jen Psaki has such a rough time dealing with journalists. Misaki, Misaki, Misaki! Misaki, can you tell us if Joe Biden has replaced the drapes in the Oval Office? Misaki, Misaki, my editor wants to know if Joe Biden will be making any interior design changes to Air Force One. I heard he likes a velvet pillow, can you confirm? Misaki, Misaki, our readers want to know, who feeds the dogs at the White House? Who who, who picks up their poop? Who's doing that? 
You know, does Joe get out there with the little bag and the little pooper scooper? Is he the one doing it himself? Or does he does he have a team to look after the dotus? That would be dogs of the United States, the dotus. Who's looking after them? You know, what I love most about Jen Sakai is she's so brave dealing with a hostile media. And she never lies. She never lies about who picks up the dog shit on the White House lawn. You know why? Because she she's not afraid to tell the truth. Not like those other not like those jerks and those schmucks. Not like those rubes out there. <laughs> I love this. Fun and humor in again. Uh-huh. You even call on schmucks it away. Hey. You're on track, Jen Sock. You're on track to make press conferences an aphrodisiac. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, when I watch Jen Psaki's press conferences, my vagina, my vagina moistens. I can feel it. It moistens, it moistens so furiously that it sounds like the percolator at a donut shop just bubbling away back there. That's how wet Jen Sakai makes me. Because she, because she tells the truth. Because she's not afraid to speak truth to power. Press conferences and aphrodisiac. Oh, yes, please. You're making me all hot and sweaty, Jane. Forgive me if I gush. You're my new girl, girl crush. crush. I'm reduced to mush each time you say you'll circle back. There you go. Circle back, Jen Sakai by Lauren Mayer. Isn't she wonderfully talented, ladies and gentlemen? I thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, I'll put that link in the chat for you if you like. That way you can share the joy and the positivity and the wonderfulness with all of your friends. What a wonderful tune. Well done. Well done, Lauren Mayer. All right. (laughs) We've got other things to get into, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here on the underside of the world, or as I like to call it, the asshole of Earth, that being Australia. We've had some developments, ladies and gentlemen. Some things have changed. It's our favourite topic. It's time. (laughs) On the anniversary of two weeks to flatten a curve, it's time for another lockdown. Let's go. And, And I mean, who would have ever thought, who would have ever dared to suggest that lockdowns would become a common practice used by government at the drop of a hat with very little notice creating all kinds of uncertainty for business and the people living in those areas. Who ever said that? I mean, what what kind of conspiracy theorist, science-denying far-right extremist would ever suggest such a thing? And you know what, speaking of which, I, I, I best put my tag back on because this is going to be very controversial. You know why this is controversial? Because there are still some people out there, and I, look, I don't want to alarm you, chat. I don't want to alarm you. You know, I'm, I'm going to do my best to protect you from things because I love you. Um, there are still people out there, believe this, right? There are still people out there who say that lockdowns and whatnot are a bad idea. Can you believe this? Can you believe we have to share the earth with these science-denying lunatics, these fringe, fringe activists out there? 
Foggy in the chat. I'm shook. I understand, Foggy. The thing is, though, we're here for each other. In isolation, of course, because we want to be safe. No touching, no hugging. No hugging. No singing either. Be very careful. So, you know, I'm here for you. You're here for me. We're here for each other. So don't be alarmed. But there are people out there who are against lockdowns. And I think we should seek them out as quickly as possible. Because who knows? Who knows what kind of damage they're doing to society, really? You know, can they be trusted? I'm not sure. So this story is from three days ago. The People's Democratic Republic of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen. And it's Kaiser Dan Andrews from three days ago. Let's have a look. Evening. Melbourne is reeling from Daniel Andrews' decision to plunge the state into a five-day lockdown. Oh, good. The Premier says it's a circuit breaker, but many Victorians feel they're paying a hefty price. It's a, it's a circuit breaker. <laughs> oh. That, that makes it sound very, you know, acceptable to me. Sir, 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 why are we uh, throwing this... Why are we throwing the state into another, yet another lockdown with, you know, only hours notice for people? Well, I feel like we needed a circuit breaker. Okay. And that's all the explanation we need. <laughs> Thank you for clearing it up, corporate media. You know, I had all of these questions and concerns and comments, but I'm glad now I know why. It's We needed a circuit breaker. Ah, good. Well, I'm glad the circuit has been broken. For the incompetent management of hotel quarantine. Mm -hmm. Tough stage four restrictions begin tough. at midnight, with the aim of lifting the sta stage... Stage four restrictions, just like cancer. You know, there are all sorts of restrictions on cancer patients. <laughs> Why should you be any different? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Devil Sunburn in the chat. I like the biohazard COVID sign. Very fear-inducing. No, that's not about fear, Devil Sunburn. That's about uh, raising awareness. Do you see how this PR game works? <laughs> that's, that's not about fear. It's about education. We're educating people. We're making people aware that there is something very dangerous out there. That's not using fear. You know who uses fear? It's people who say things like, Rampant, unchecked mass immigration will eventually cause um, chaos culturally and economically. People who say that kind of thing, they're using fear. You know, when they refer to things like statistics, for example. But no, the graphic designers, this isn't about fear, putting that biohazard, danger, 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 we're all going to die sticker above COVID-19. It's got nothing to do with fear. It's all about education and promote... Actually, I can do better than education. It's about promoting public safety. How do you like that, huh? huh? <laughs> See, that's why that's why us PR types are better than you. Because we can snake charm you into a stupor. We are promoting public safety. <laughs> We're not using fear at all. Oh, thank you for keeping me safe. Let's carry on. At home orders on Wednesday. Okay. Brett McLeod leads tonight's coverage. Let's have a look at the coverage. Back in the room that Victorians know all too well. It's been a while since we were standing here. and it's... You, you should consider yourselves lucky, you rednecks. <laughs> well, come on, come on. 
It has been at least a couple of months since the last time I put the whole state under house arrest. You should be fucking grateful. Peasants. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You've had it pretty good, citizens, but now it's time we need to correct your behaviour again. You've been getting a little too used to this freedom idea, I tell you. So it has been a long time since we've been here, but, you know, you earned this. Praise me! <laughs> it's all coming back. Especially with this announcement. From 11.15... It was so long ago, but it's all coming back to me. And I arrest you like this. And when you're coughing like that, it's time for house arrest. It's all coming back to me now. 9 p.m. tonight, Victoria, all of Victoria, yes. uh, will go to stage four. Stage four. Uh, We're going to stage four. Are we there yet? Sounds like fun, mummy. Can we go to Disneyland? No. How about stage four? Hmm. Sounds good. Restrictions. The response by some was inevitable. <laughs> Supermarkets quickly had to put in product limits on items such hey. as toilet paper and other essentials yep. to head off panic buying. Panic buy. They've even got the audacity to say to your face, it's panic buying. <laughs> you stupid Australians. What are you panicking for? Sure, the government can come out at any time and just throw the state into an indefinite lockdown because this is the thing that fucking idiots will tell you, right? People say to you, hey, it's only five days. These people have been saying, hey, it's only two weeks for the last 12 months, unironically. And they would say to me, oh no, it's just a month. And I say, yeah, but that doesn't matter. And they go, what do you mean? They, they the, the government that we love the government that we love came out and said it's only a month. And I say, yeah, they say it's only a month until they decide it's longer. And then it will be longer than a month. And they'd go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You've got nothing to back that up. Then when the end of the month arrives and they, the government then passes, you know, an, an extension of the emergency powers that they've granted themselves, which they did multiple times. I would say to these people again, oh, only a month, huh? And they'd say, yeah, but we have to do it because people aren't being responsible. <laughs> and I'd say, no, 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 the argument is it's only a month. You said it was only a month. Um, sometimes things change, bro. <laughs> and then, you know, and again, these people would unironically then say directly to your face, look, it's only just for another month. <laughs> So imagine this government that can just throw people into lockdown. Like giving, like I said, hours notice. They came out and said by midnight tonight, no one's allowed to leave their home. Midnight tonight. Think of businesses that have payrolls, customers, right? Think of people who like need to go to like a retail, work in a retail setting or something, casual employees, just for, oh, five days, no work. Just like that, huh? With, with no planning, with no warning whatsoever. Thank you for keeping me safe, right? Imagine living in this environment and then when the government announces, hey, by the way, tonight everyone's locked up in their home for five days. We promise it's for only five days, even though we've extended lockdowns previously in the last 12 months multiple times. 
Imagine then criticizing people for quote unquote panic buying. What, what do you expect them to do? <laughs> what do you expect them to do? The government has demonstrated that it will put you it will effectively place you under house arrest for your own good at a moment's notice at the drop of a fucking hat. And then they'll criticize you for going to the store and buying things. Oh, you're panic buying. Of course I'm panic buying. We don't know what the fuck you're going to do. That's like punching somebody in the face, right? And then getting angry at them for leaving blood on the tablecloth. You're sitting there at dinner and you just punch punch your kid in the face. And the kid's nose starts bleeding all over the placemat. And you say, oh, look at this blood on the placemat. What did you do that for, right? <laughs> Panic buying. How dare they? There is no need to be doing that. There just isn't. There never ever was. <laughs> It, it, it creates shortages. The reason you, the cre you create shortages. You create them by doing this to them. Wow. Oh, to be a to be a politician. To be a politician that's a media darling, actually. Because if you're if you're the wrong kind of politician, if you're the wrong kind of politician, then you have to take responsibility for shit that you didn't do. You have to take responsibility for shit that happened 300 fucking years ago if you're the wrong politician, right? If you're the right kind of politician, you don't have to take responsibility for anything. It's like when they come out and change the rules, right? And they'll say, for example... Somebody who's outside during lockdown should receive a $2,000 fine. Oh, okay. And then somebody is outside during lockdown, they receive a $2,000 fine. And then somebody at the press conference will ask this politician, hey, what about these people who are receiving $2,000 fines? The politicians will openly say during their press conference, oh, that's got nothing to do with us. That's the police making those calls. Or when they say, we need to... Um, you know, we need to institute a strict, you know, a stage four two-week lockdown or a stage five month-long lockdown. And they get asked, what about the people who are going to lose their jobs and, and, you know, can't pay the rent and stuff? What about these kinds of people? What you're doing to them? They'll say, oh, this has nothing to do with us. This is all the health professionals. They're the ones making these calls. It's like, no, it's not. You're the one making the call. People don't elect police officers. People don't elect health professionals. You're the one that's making the decision. But no, yeah, just wash our hands of that responsibility. We don't have to take responsibility for this. I'm one of the politicians that the media likes. And like I said, on the other hand, if you're one of the politicians that the media doesn't like, if you have the wrong views and the wrong policies, you, you have to take responsibility for something that somebody did hundreds of years ago. Say sorry. Apologize. Apologize for your colonialism. <laughs> I didn't colonize anyone. I just got here, man. <laughs> I just got here like 10 minutes ago. Apologize. Meanwhile, on the other side, sir, what do you think about, uh, you know, throwing a state into a 
perpetual cycle of lockdown, then giving them a little bit of freedom back, and then lockdown, then giving them a little bit of freedom back. Don't you think that that would create panic and thus panic buying? Oh, that's got nothing to do with us. And there's no need for panic. No need whatsoever. Lockdown, the UK variant of the virus from the oh, Holiday okay. Inn cluster. Now at 13 cases. It is. 13 cases. 13. If I'm not mistaken, Victoria is a state of something like six or seven million people. Six or seven million people thrown into, like I said, effective house arrest with hours notice, businesses shut with hours notice because 13 people got sick. Thank you for keeping me safe. Significantly more infectious uh, than uh, any other virus that we've yeah. seen previously. Yeah. Nobody wants uh, all the consequences of a circuit breaker, uh, but the alternative is potentially... Another reference to the circuit breaker. See, we're not calling it... Do you see what's happening here? They are consciously trying to avoid using the term lockdown. Lockdown carries negative connotations for these people. It sounds like prison, right? So let's not call it a lockdown. I'm telling you, this is what people, this is what these PR firms and these media types, this is what they do. They figure out a way to finagle language in order to find the path of least resistance, right? That's that's all PR is. The, the, the great essay, Politics in the English Language by George Orwell, was written a fucking lifetime ago. It's still relevant today. It essentially argues that all political speech is an effort to make the awful sound acceptable. Right? You you don't call it bombing. You don't call it bombing villages with women and children. You call it stabilizing the area. You know, like the one we like the one we covered last week at the Super Bowl. You don't call it um, you know, overt overt surveillance. You don't call it complete and total surveillance. You call it enhancing the fan experience, right? You're catching my drift? So we're not calling it lockdowns anymore. No, no, no. We're calling Now it's a circuit breaker. <laughs> now it's a circuit breaker. Isn't it fucking great? And again, if you're one of the politicians that we like here in the corporate press, you will never, ever, ever, ever get picked up on something like that. If I'm in that press corps, the first question I'm asking is, why did you decide on the term circuit breaker instead of lockdown? And then watch them, watch them try to answer it without saying that they don't want to use lockdown because it's got negative connotations. Watch them try to find some way to explain it. That's all it would take. Nope. Nope. Instead, media these days, journalists these days just repeat what the politicians they like say. And the politicians they don't like, they what they do, they don't just repeat ad hoc what the politicians they don't like say. No, no, the politicians they don't like, they take comments out of context and they imagine and infer every other meaning except the one that the politician might have intended. Oh, when he, when he said people have a right to earn a living, what he was really saying is he hates black people. But if it's a politician they like, when he said we need a circuit breaker, what he really meant to say is we're saving the lives of minorities. 
Anyway. Devastating. From 11.59 tonight, there yeah, are once again tonight. only four reasons to leave your home. To seek medical attention, provide care to someone for essential work and shopping. Only one person per household per day is allowed to go to the shops. <laughs> you must stay within five kilometres of a home. Right. Visitors are not allowed. You are permitted to exercise outside for two hours a day. Hey, two hours of yard time. You know, what I love most about the government is they're so generous with us. You know, even though they know that uh, putting us into under, you know, virtual house arrest, even though they know that this is the safest, most scientifically proven way of combating, of, you know, ex- having a successful circuit breaker, <laughs> even though they know this, they're still very generous with us and they give us two hours of exercise time in the yard. They're very gracious. And it's because, you know why? It's because we're on such good behaviour. We're so well behaved with our prison guards that they let us go out and have a little jog. Yes, one extra hour of yard time. Very observant, mucus flambray. Because remember, it used to only be one hour. So you know what? Because you're such good guys, I'm going to double it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You see how fair and reasonable these people are? Hmm? giving us double the exercise time. How generous of them. Face masks are compulsory Good. everywhere across Victoria, Good. indoors and, and out, outdoors, except at home. Except if at you home. can work from home, you must work from home. Schools will be closed. Childcare, early learning and family daycare centres will stay open. Ah, All right. non-essential retail is closed. You know why? Because we can't upset the, the childcare workers. <laughs> So isn't that interesting? Five-year-olds are not allowed to be in a kindergarten class together. However, 34-year-olds are allowed to rumble around and wipe spit on each other's faces. That's fine. For some reason, it doesn't it doesn't translate from four to five. You know, the teachers are at risk of passing it to their students, but the childcare workers aren't. <laughs> right? And all hospitality venues will return to takeaway service. Yep, just like no that. No visitors are allowed to care facilities and aged care homes Good. except for end-of-life reasons. Good. Hospital visitors. Yes. yes, sorry, Grandma. We can't come and see you until you're dead. <laughs> and, even, and even then we can only have even then we can only have ten people at the funeral. I'm not even able to go, sorry, Mum, we'll come and see you when you're ready to be buried. Thank you for keeping me safe. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Are also restricted. Uh-huh. Hairdressing, beauty and personal care services are closed, Good. along with recreational and sporting facilities. Good. Except to professional athletes defined as essential workers. athletes are essential <laughs> because you know you know why don't you 
because do you know what's happening right now in Melbourne? It's the Australian Open, the tennis tournament, which is one of the, there's only four tennis, they call them Grand Slams, right? So it's one of the only four Grand Slams. So that's happening right now. (laughs) Because, you know, they'd be in a, a little bit of a pickle with all of the world's top tennis players and all of the employees at the tennis and all of the, you know, all of the auxiliary staff that are around these massive sporting events, they'd be in a little bit of a pickle if they just made all of them stay home. So, hey, why not? Why don't we call them essential? Good. Why not? (laughs) Essential workers. Oh, boy. Yes. Do you remember we played the, um, do you remember we played that health bureaucrat from Queensland like six months ago? Remember when the girl couldn't go to her dad's funeral? She couldn't see her dying father. And then in the end, what they did is after he died, because they wouldn't let her see him while he was dying. They had to wait until he was dead. And then after he was dead, they took her like under police escort to the funeral home. And she was allowed, get this, she was given very generously. She was allowed 10 minutes with his corpse. And then they whisked her away and took her back to quarantine in a hotel. By the way, she didn't have coronavirus. She was, she didn't test positive. She just happened to be, she just happened to be in a place. She just happened to live in another state when her father was on his deathbed. That was enough because she came from over that border there. So she got to miss out. But she, like I said, they did very generously give her 10 minutes with the corpse, which is very kind of them. It's very nice of them, isn't it? And the Queensland, you know, health representative at the time said, because they were getting flack, they said, oh, no, 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 we give exemptions all the time to people, like, you know, like actors or professional athletes, because, and this was, she openly said this on TV, because they bring revenue to the state. <laughs> So if you're an entertainer or an athlete, you get an exemption because you make money for us. They'll just openly tell you. Unfortunately, you poor plebeians, you're not allowed to see your parents until they're dead. Because, hey, if you had have learned a fucking tap dance, maybe you wouldn't be in this problem. Maybe you wouldn't be in this situation. Think about that next time you live, okay? Selfish bastards trying to see their dying parents. The hell is wrong with them? along with recreational and sporting facilities, except to professional athletes <laughs> defined as essential workers. Those essential workers include competitors at the Australian Open. There, there are no fans. There's no, there's no crowds. No crowds, no Those fans. Those people are essentially at their workplace. The Holiday Inn cluster appears to have started with the returned family of three, which spread to... Those people are at their workplace. And yes, playing tennis is fucking essential, I tell you. The hide. The hide. They're at their workplace, Daniel, but a lot of people are not. Because apparently hitting a tennis ball from one side of a court to the other is more essential than, you know, Jenny Smith or Joe Bloggs' job down at the fucking tyre store. You know, his job isn't essential to him, but the tennis players, oh no, that's essential to all of us. We need to be able to watch the tennis... Think of the television contracts, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Think of all the advertising deals. Yep. That's essential. That's essential because otherwise rich people would lose money too. (laughs) It's okay if you lose money. 
That's one thing. You going without isn't a, that's not a problem. That's your problem. Hey, maybe you should have, maybe you should learn to fucking code, bro, huh? If you're worried about losing money because your job has been shut down because we've thrown a state into lockdown, giving them, you know, hours notice at the drop of a hat. If you're worried about getting money coming in, hey, maybe you should have studied harder in school. Hmm? Hmm? But the people hitting the ball from one side of the court to the other, oh no, they can't go without this. This is essential. <laughs> Authorised officers and other workers, their spouses and family yeah. contacts. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah, my lady. Three months. It's working. Oh. Winning underscore TV tipped $5. Thank you, Winning TV. There is no escape. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping us safe. There is no escape. Let's have a look. If you disobey the rules of society, they send you to prison. Great movie. If you disobey the rules of the prison, they send you to us. Alcatraz is not like any other prison in the United States. Here, every inmate is confined alone to an individual cell. Unlike my predecessors, Wardens Johnson and Blackwell, I don't have good conduct programs. I do not have inmate councils. Good. Inmates here. No yard time. No say in what they do. They do as they're told. Good. Good, good. Make a fine premiere one day, this chat. People here don't have any say. They do as they're told. As they should. Thank you for that. Winning TV. DLive.tv slash winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. And since Melbourneians last experienced stage four, uh -huh. some are questioning the need for its return. Questioning yeah, I was surprised. And I do think it's still manageable. So this is an extreme step in order to suppress all uh, contacts, put everyone in effect into quarantine who isn't an essential worker. An, ex an extreme step, ladies and gentlemen. An extreme step. You know, some people have some concerns. <laughs> there's our there's our favourite narrative again. Even though it's been six months, see how much cover they run for these the politicians they like. It's seeing as it's been six months or so since the last severe lockdown. <laughs> um, it still appears out there there's some very selfish people out there who have some concerns. Some people out there think this is overstepping the mark. Let's have a look. There's been violence in Oakley's main violence. shopping strip as angry lockdown protesters clashed with police. The mask-free mob claims the stay-at-home orders are killing more people than they're protecting. They claim. <laughs> the mask-free mob. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Shut up, Professor. Don't you trust the science? <laughs> exactly. Trust the science. Like the, like the science is the Bible. I mean, it's like the Bible. Trust the Bible. Okay, trust the science. Okay. Any particular part? No, all of it's pretty good. <laughs> it's definitely not a religion, though. Laura Turner was there. Uh-huh. Oakley's Eaton Mall paved with aggression. <laughs> paved with aggression. Hey, on the upside, it can't be that dangerous because everybody else is banned from being there. So that's a good thing, isn't it? Hey, at least it's only the maskless mob. At least they're only infecting each other. Maybe we should put them in Alcatraz. 
Perhaps we should put them in Alcatraz in single cells. That way they can't mix and spread the dangerous uh, biohazardous materials. I mean, think about it. It's paved with aggression. were met with no nonsense police. Good. No, no nonsense police work, I tell you. <laughs> See, depending on the thing, this, the same rule applies. You know, the politicians we like versus the politicians we don't like. The same rule applies with, say, protesters we like and protesters we don't like. If it's protesters we like, it's police brutality. It's police shutting down a lawful demonstration. It's brutal, racist police shutting down people trying to express themselves, right? If it's protesters we don't like, it's no-nonsense police work. <laughs> the, the PR game is ever-present and constant. It's in every single sentence. The manipulation is in the wording itself. They don't have to lie to you, right? They don't have to lie to you. They just have to be stylish with the truth. It's like, you know, oh, the media lies to us. And it's like, well, no, they don't even really have to openly lie. They just piss in your face. They just bull... They, they're not lying to you. They're bullshitting you, right? There's a difference. You know what I mean? Some people would say bullshitting is lying, but I, I don't know. I think it's more nuanced than that. You know, bullshitting's more like exaggeration. Lying is just lying. A lie is like, you know, did you steal the cookie from the cookie jar? No when you absolutely did. Bullshitting is like, did you steal the cookie from the cookie jar? And it's like, um, you know, hey, there's heaps of cookies. What's why, why do we care? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's more like, stop bullshitting me. Did you steal it? Well, I mean, the lid wasn't on. So can you really say I stole anything if the lid wasn't on the cookie jar in the first place? You know, <laughs> Stop bullshitting me. You took it, didn't you? See, it's a different thing. So they're not lying to you. They're bullshitting you. They claim this is their right. I'm in my 5Ks. I'm here exercising. Yeah. Exercising my legs. <laughs> I'm within my 5Ks. This is my two-hour exercise time. Oh, sir. Not good enough. Tackle him to the ground. <laughs> While an arrest was made... <laughs> ...animosity toward police boiled. Uh. You're a bully. You're a their message embroiled in anger. Report the truth. Embroiled in anger. Why do you know why do these <laughs> why why do these protesters have to be so angry all the time? <laughs> Don't let anybody tell whoever said that protesting has to be polite. I'm Chris Cuomo. Coming up after the break, why anti-lockdown protesters are just so mean. <laughs> They're so angry. Why don't you calm down, sir? We all know a successful protest is a calm and peaceful protest. Oh, look, they're setting the building on fire. It's still peaceful. <laughs> They're not angry. It's most, we'll call that mostly peaceful. You see, uh, people in the street not burning buildings down, 
That's we call that embroiled in anger and paved with aggression. People who are burning buildings down, we call that mostly peaceful. <laughs> oh boy. Don't you love it? People start talking to you, mate. The truth or get the my face. Demonstrators down here deny that this is a protest, rather an act of support for local businesses. Stop ah. complying, everyone. Stop complying. Get out of your houses. Kiss your nana on the lips. K kiss your kids. But the organising group made no contact with local businesses ahead of the demonstration, oh. though there were traders there in support, yeah. levelling anger at the Premier. And it's just total lies. Forget spin, it's not spin. Two cases. No, it's not total. See, it's not total lies. It's spin. It's bullshit. <laughs> Two cases. Yes, we're, we're protecting public health, sir. We are ensuring public safety. What do you not understand about this? We're not lying. <laughs> we are bullshitting you a little bit, though. <laughs> two cases. Two like cases. Just two. Just two. All right. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie Bucket. How many cases of coronavirus would I need to successfully lock down a state? Two, sir. Okay, two million cases. Not two million, sir. Just two. Just two? Yes, just two. On comprehension. And we've got to get a voice. And inside local stores, the word was, uh -huh. in terms of finances, yep. this third lockdown takes the cake. Oh. <laughs> and let's speak to a cake shop owner. They're so, you know, what I love most about the corporate media, they're so punny. They're so punny and charming and entertaining. They're so good at this. I like to call it infotainment. Thank you for keeping me safe. All right. Just before we go to break, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could have found, I wish I could have found the full clip of this, but I wasn't able to. And I was nearly going to uh, message... Uh, the chick who tweeted this out, Kira Savage, she's an Australian, and she is fucking savage. <laughs> Kira Savage, who always shares, like, great clips, uh, great articles, right? Uh, if, for Australian policy, if you want to keep a track of, like, Australian media and Australian politics and, su and such, that's one of the best accounts you can follow is Kira Savage. I'll put, actually, I'll put the link in the chat for you because she is absolute gold. And I was going to message her and say, hey, hey, do you know where I can find that full clip? But I thought, you know what? She's got a huge account. She probably has so many notifications, she wouldn't even fucking see it anyway, so I'm not going to bother her. Um, but I, I tried looking for it. I couldn't find it, unfortunately. So, so here's this guy. Uh, he's on the lake. Uh, lake. He's on the river. God, what's the name of the fucking river in Melbourne again? Uh, how can I forget? The Yarra. He's on the banks of the Yarra River. And he's, you know, cooking a little barbecue. He's got, looks like he's got some onions there. Definitely some Aussie beef snags, doing, having fun out in the sun, fucking cooking up a feed, beautiful stuff, this private guy. And here comes the news. Here comes the media with their microphone on a stick. <laughs> a stick that's 1.5 metres long <laughs> so we can maintain our social distance. <laughs> and, this, and this is what happens. Now, see, there are, there are ways to... Um, Let's say it this way. There are ways to let the media know that you are displeased with their behavior. 
I don't endorse people storming into the streets, right? Getting getting into confrontations with police, no nonsense police work aside. I, you know, I don't recommend people doing that. However, something like this, it's very difficult to have a problem with it. Did you realise there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these snags. This is going to be good at. <laughs> It brought me so much joy when I saw that the first time. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, what's happened is they've stuck this microphone on a stick in his under his face, right? He's trying to cook on the barbecue and they're sticking it over the top of the hot plate, like trying to... And the, the, the reporter says to him, did you know there was a lockdown? Huh? Huh? And he's sticking this microphone and he, this guy says, gee, I'm looking forward to these snags. They're looking so good. And he just, in one motion, just whacks at the microphone, like just slaps it away, and the microphone goes flying off. <laughs> goes flying off like a few metres away. It's fucking beautiful. Because you know, like, if you try to if you try to attack a cameraman or something or t- attack a reporter, you shouldn't do that because then that's assault, right? But they're, they're so strict with that shit, right? Like, if you go up to a cameraman and push him over, or whatever, if you damage the camera, you'll be charged with, like, damaging property and shit, right? But on this occasion, I don't think they can do any of that stuff because they were sticking the microphone, like, right over his hot plate. It was in his face. It's just like, fucking get away from me. You're not allowed to invade someone's personal space like that. You're allowed to film them. You're allowed to record them. You're allowed to ask them questions and stuff. It's a free country, supposedly. But when they stick that camera over the hot plate and it's just, it's it's not aggressive or anything. He just whack, whacks it out of the way and then just continues on cooking. <laughs> Someone said, play it again. All right, we'll play it again. Seven seconds. This is how you deal with it. Don't get into fights with police and shit. You know, don't start fires. <laughs> Did you realise there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these snags. This is going to be good at It's just such a smooth, clean connection. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. <laughs> Did you realise there's a lockdown? Can't wait for these snags. They're looking good. <laughs> and, all, and off the microphone goes. <laughs> Did you realise there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these mm. snags. This is going to be good at... I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. <laughs> Absolutely fucking perfect. <laughs> All right. 2021 winner, Ducks Regis in the chat. He might be our new hero on the show. I might have to get it. We'll we'll try and get in touch with this chap and we'll make him we'll make him say like head of communications for Boogie Stan. How about that? <laughs> Now have your microphones out and ready, you know. And if they ask him a question he doesn't like, just <laughs> next. <laughs> I wish. See, the reason I wanted to get the full clip, I wanted to see what came before it. But more than that, I wanted to see what happened after it. I wanted to see like the fucking production crew scurrying after the microphone. <laughs> God, I would have, I would have paid money to see that, but I couldn't find it. But anyway, there you go. Uh, our daily boogie hero of the day. Mm, looking forward to these snags. Looking good. 
you know, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Just one, just one more time. Just one more time before we go to break. Did you realise there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these snags. This is going to be good at. <laughs> Even though I know it's coming, I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to take a quick five-minute break, ladies and gentlemen. When we return, so much more to get through on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stick around. Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting that Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our, our, our service members and all of our, our union members who require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... It's Charworthing to hear with Char Money Live, where you can have a chahoochinani of a good time. We have everything from a current event to a chasource in McCarran, where these chicans just be going chug crazy. It's off the hinge. We even got Karens jumping off of trailers! We got Karens going to crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing and inability to shield off Karens to come within six feet of your decision. Expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence, and lack of bullshit in your life, and the inability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the trauma and not let immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time of transition from sleep to awake. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man, 
younger man, we would, we would, host, we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then, uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company. And uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make make tremendous friends, and then of course. I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news because, as you know, in those days, they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down to go down the road and get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullen, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes, well... It was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. I do not have knowledge of that figure, but I well, I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about sixty times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Again, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what Granddad would want. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right along. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of Daily Boogie Podcast. Pleasure to be with you. So much more to get through, so little time. Uh, incidentally, we'll be opening up the phone lines on this second half of the program. So if you want to call in, the number will be on the screen momentarily. You can call in and have your say. Tell me what you think about things. Tell me what you think about the world and your place in it. Educate us. Protect us. I hope we're not... Just try to make us a little bit less ignorant so we can deal and help and get through this together. Because we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of being all in this together, let's keep our little musical theme going here because I think music has the potential to uplift us in ways that other things just can't. You know what I mean? Music has the, uh, has the potential to make us forget about our problems just a little bit. And when I see families like this, wonderful, beautiful families 
doing the correct thing, trying to uplift the world through song. I feel like I just have to bring it to you. Uh, there's a number right there. What's the number again? 646-583-2700. That number again. 646-583-2700. Winning TV with the diamond during the break. The bubble suit is becoming a fast reality. Well, I certainly hope so, Phil. Because I want to be kept safe. Let's have a look here. Another musical ensemble. We won't go back to school until the end of March. We've got a call coming in. Just like that, straight off the bat. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. We can't hear you, caller. Gotta speak up. Okay. Our caller doesn't want to say anything. That's all right. We'll leave our caller there. <laughs> all right, let's continue here. Turn around. Oh, go back to the song. The family has become a lockdown sensation by performing their own versions of famous songs. Yes, we call those parodies. Was pa was parodies too easy? Was was parodies too simple to say? <laughs> was that too easy? Come on. The family has become a lockdown sensation by performing their own versions of famous songs. Wow, how original. Maybe if we maybe if we say it like that, it seems like a new thing. Seems like it hasn't been done before. No, 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 no. This isn't just parody songs we're talking about here, mate. This we're doing our own versions of famous songs. Yeah, that's called a parody. No, 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 we're not doing parodies. See, what we do is, right, we take a well-known famous song and then we change the words to it to apply to lockdown. Yeah, that's called a parody song. No, it's not. No, it's not. We're doing our own versions of the song. Yes, it's a parody. No, it isn't. <laughs> Come on. Tell me that. We won't go back to school until the 8th of March. Just sitting in our dressing gowns and giving up our hearts. I wonder what age the boys will get to when they decide they hate their parents. <laughs> I think the oldest boy here, to the far right, pun intended, this oldest boy here on the far right, I think he's already starting to turn. Have a look. Have a look at the look on his face. <laughs> I think this young man is this young man is already starting to question his own upbringing. Wait a minute. Maybe I don't have it so good. Look at what they're making me do here. <laughs> I wonder what age. <laughs> Cabaret in the chat. Couple of years and they'll be bullied for this. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Dad. Their harmonies are pretty fucking good, though. I'll I'll give them that. Their harmonies are pretty pretty good. Um, but that kind of makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it worse because then you know that they've been practicing a lot. 
So the fam- the, it's been, you know, family, family parody song night. Get in the lounge room, kids. Daddy set up all the microphones and... <laughs> oh, goody. Mum, can I play Fortnite with Jimmy? No. We're working on our parody song. We have fans now, son. Little Timmy, we have fans that are expecting new content. So I'm afraid you can't play Fortnite with Jimmy tonight. It's family parody song night. Now behave yourself, put on your dressing gown and pretend that you like it. <laughs> but the, to be fair, their harmonies are pretty good. Bye. You won't go back to school until the age of lunch. Just sitting in our dressing gowns and giving up fun. We're feeling alright. I'm glad that they cut out the part where the white man is singing, though. Because that would have been very offensive. Alright, let's have a look. Another hit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten School Commandments. Now, are those school jackets? Are they are they school blazers? Do you think? The reason I ask is because I see a little emblem on the pocket of the oldest boy, which makes me think that it might be like a private school jacket. And without saying anything too controversial, of course, children that go to private schools are uppity fags. <laughs> private school pretty boy. <laughs> so you know what? He probably won't get bullied for this. Probably He'll probably get an invitation to the country club. Can you perform? Can you perform for my dad? We're celebrating his 50th birthday at the golf course. We'll pay you. Both jackets match. It's a school jacket. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Oh, dear. Ten school commandments. It's a ten school commandments. Well, we've been doing um, songs and music since we were very little. So it was at the beginning of lockdown that we really started to kind of do them more often. Yes. More frequently. More frequently. They're very posh. They're very posh. <laughs> posh, posh upper middle class white family performers. Yes, just what the world needs. Got another call coming in. Hello, caller, can you hear me? <laughs> we are not getting any audio back from our callers. Can you hear me now? Oh, and they hung up again. <laughs> Don't know what's going on with that. Don't know what's happening there. Anyway, let's carry on. Oh, they even they even do little choreographed little things and stuff. It's not just standing in front of microphones. That's cute. That's clever. Oh boy, they've got they've got they've got a Corona song for everything, don't they? They've had a lot of time. Self-isolation. No <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's cringe, but it's also very sad. 
because this is child abuse as far as I'm concerned. We may as well be watching, you know, a drunken father wail on his on his son with, you know, uh, an electrical cord across the back of the head. We may as well be watching. We may as well be watching a drunken father throw whiskey bottles at his daughter. This it's akin to that. That's the feeling I'm get watching this. <laughs> Amazing. This rocks. Have the new jab. Have the new jab. Have the new jab. Have the new jab. Right. Yeah, you're being loud. She's just hit me all day. That's all she's done. She's just been hating me all day. I would say that most of the time, it's quite frustrating for everyone. <laughs> Cabaret, their secret, at night, they beat each other mercilessly. Because half of us are really want to do it and are really up for it, and the other half really aren't. <laughs> oh, that's enough. <laughs> That'll do. That's enough. <laughs> Thank you, the Marsh family singers. Uh, that comes to you, by the way, that clip comes to you courtesy of CNN International. Uh, Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond. Thank you for joining us. It's the Von Trapped in my house family. <laughs> That is so dumb, yet I love it. <laughs> well done. The Von Trapped in My House family. <laughs> uh, they are also hiding from Nazis. Yeah. All right. So courtesy of CNN International, who brought us this breaking news, this, this breaking news about this wonderful family of singers. And I want to stay on the news theme just for a moment if I can. Don't tell me I'm funny. Mr. Fun Kimmy with a diamond, tell me I'm funny. You were funny then, on that occasion. <laughs> you're funny. All right, everyone's like, you're funny, Kimmy. You're funny. Tell me I'm funny. Grab me by the back of the head and tell me I'm funny. <laughs> Say it like you mean it, bitch. I want to stick on the news for a moment. I want to introduce you to a news website, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the people, the good people of Philadelphia might already know about this website. But uh, there is an important thing you need to know about this news site called the Philadelphia Inquirer, which I believe is also a newspaper. I believe it's a newspaper in Philadelphia. Because we have come to learn a very dangerous truth about the Philadelphia Inquirer that you may not be aware of, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to make sure that you're armed with the correct information about, you know, potentially harmful and dangerous institutions out there. Just so you know. So a quick peruse of the Philadelphia Inquirer so we know what we're dealing with here. Uh, Pat Toomey is facing a Republican backlash in Pennsylvania. Imploding Trump Plaza Wednesday morning is poetic justice. Icing advisories for Philly region. Um... What else have you got? There was a story earlier about why Pete Buttigieg has such great ideas. So you can tell, you know, 
just by scanning the page and the headlines and stuff, you can already start to get a sense of which way this paper leans, you know, politically, right? Uh, Gypsy of Diamonds in the chat says, it's been our local paper for decades. There you go. It's a newspaper in Philly, right? Your stimulus check answers, uh, questions answered. Millions without power in Texas, right? Parlor back online. It seems like a pretty mainstream, pretty milk toast, regular, perhaps a little left-leaning newspaper, which is not uncommon, right? It's it's Philadelphia's Washington Post. There you go. Ernie Banks, thank you so much. So I was right. You can tell it's a little bit left. It's a little bit tinging to the left, which makes the next story that I'm about to show you oh so much better. You're going to love this. Because I looked up the Philadelphia Inquirer after I read this. Which is ironically printed in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Inquirer has overwhelmingly white newsroom and its coverage underrepresents people of colour, report says. <laughs> Too many white people working at the Philadelphia Inquirer. You know, I hear people say a lot, there's too many white people here. That's a, it's a very common thing to hear. There's too many white people in this industry. There's too many white people in this workplace. There's too many white people doing this. I've never heard there's too many black people. <laughs> there's too many Asians here. I never, I never see that written anywhere. I wonder why that is. I guess there's just not that many of them. I mean, think of China, for example. It's only 1.2 billion people. There just aren't that many. So you could never say there's too many Asians anywhere, could you? The Philadelphia Inquirer has an overwhelmingly... It's overwhelmingly white. I mean, you walk in there and you are just overcome. You are overwhelmed with the sense of whiteness in front of you. It must, be, it must leave an awful taste in your mouth. You know, very bitter. The Philadelphia Inquirer has an overwhelmingly white newsroom and fails to retain journalists of colour, resulting in news coverage that overrepresents people who are white. What does that even mean? How exactly does the news coverage at the Philadelphia Inquirer overwhelmingly represent white people? <laughs> do, do they talk about paying your taxes too often? <laughs> Do they talk about do they talk about paying child support to her? They, they dedicate too much column space to fathers being at home with their kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, they're just jokes. Resulting in news coverage that overrepresents people who are white and male. White and male, so we've got both the evils. An independent review released this week found the audit commissioned by the Inquirer and conducted by researchers at Temple University. Imagine, 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 um, you know, paying for an independent audit of your own place of work to see just how racist you are and then hiring university types to do it for you. I don't know if we should tell the Philadelphia Inquirer this or not. But when you hire, let's say, a social science undergraduate 
to investigate racism at your par- uh, at your paper or your place of business, I can almost guarantee that they're going to find something. They, the, the, the trick is there will always be some way to address racism. Even if you have a workplace that is full of only non-white people, they will still discover some way in which that company is racist, I'm telling you. Because you know why? Because that's their fucking job. To find racism. To find oppression. Not to fix it. Not to change things. Their job is to find it and scream about it as much as possible. The audit commissioned by the inquiry and conducted by researchers at Temple University found out that 14,000 people had featured in a sample of 3,000 articles, photos and videos between August 2019 and July 2020. About a quarter were black. So that's so 25% were black. The articles, the, 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 the audit was going through the photos on the articles. And they found that 25% of them were black. 3% were Latinx and less than 2% were Asian. Representation of Indigenous people was negligible. Compared to the racial makeup of Philadelphia, the data show all non-white people were marginalised. Now this means being marginalised now. Yep. 2021, ladies and gentlemen, where if you only feature 25% black people in the pictures that you put on your articles as a newspaper, you are effectively marginalising people. That's what marginalising means now. It wasn't that long ago where marginalising meant, say, not interviewing a black person for a job because they're black. That was marginalisation. Now, not putting enough pictures of black people on your website. That's now marginalisation. Isn't it fun? When comparing the coverage to the regional population, black people were represented proportionately, but only due to heavy representation in sports. (laughs) The the only reason we're getting to our 25% quota of black people on our website is because we're doing the sports reporting, ladies and gentlemen. Without the sports, there would be no reason to talk about blacks. (laughs) How awful. So let's talk about the proportionality of the... Let's talk about the proportionality and the racial breakdown of just the sports section then. Oh, no, we can't do that. That would be racist. You don't want to be racist. (laughs) How about a... Let's see a report that comes out and says, you know, the Philadelphia Inquirer didn't even bother. The Philadelphia Inquirer discovered that there are too many black people playing sport. Oh, oh, now we're talking. (laughs) No, they would never. There are, however, too many white people in the newsroom who are apparently taking way too many pictures of black athletes. (laughs) I don't know. You figure it out. You figure it out. Excluding sports stories, black representation was 19% which is still above the population demographic of 13%. Latinx and Asian people were most underrepresented. White reporters were more likely to write stories about white people. (laughs) According to the report. 
more likely. While non-white journalists featured subjects who were featured subjects who were quote far more diverse, not like those bland and boring white people. You know, the thing I dislike about white people the most is they're just not they're just not diverse enough. They're just so boring. I mean, we're so thick of people read we're so thick of news that has white people in it. They're just so, they're not even diverse. They're not even enriching us. The newsroom is 3 quarters white, ladies and gentlemen. And the researchers, through interviews with 46 newsroom staff and managers with the promise of anonymity, drew a straight line between the Inquirer's coverage and its deficiencies in workplace equity and inclusion. <laughs> it's, it's a now deficient workplace. It's, it's dysfunctional. You know, this long-running, very successful newspaper in Philadelphia has a dysfunctional workplace. Why is that? Too many whites. Too many white people in there. (laughs) Of course it's dysfunctional. Of course it has deficiencies. (laughs) Look at all the white people that are here. Taken together, the report describes a newsroom that has for decades allowed racism, discrimination and cultural... This is my favourite one. They have allowed, listen to this, racism, discrimination, and, ladies and gentlemen, cultural incompetency. Oh. (laughs) Cultural incompetency. You know, if these white people could get their culture right, maybe we wouldn't have to deal with smashing the white people's culture of white supremacy. You know, what I dislike most about the white people is when it comes to culture, they really don't know what they're doing. Everything they have. Yeah, exactly. Can you eat? Do you even culture, bro? Cultural incompetency within its walls. An internal culture that many say foments unfair coverage of communities of colour. Journalists of colour told interviewers of severe frustrations that caused them to question why they remain in the field. Several suggested they have racist or discriminatory colleagues. Some raised concerns about pay equity. A handful said change won't happen unless the inquirer's management changes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, dear. So the Philadelphia Washington Post, nothing but a Klan rally. Isn't it great? There you have it. Based inquirer. The Philadelphia Inquirer, or as we like to call it, the Daily Stormer. Nothing but a bunch of racist white people working there. Fantastic. This brings me on to this story from our very own ABC, ladies and gentlemen, the Australian Taxpayer-Funded Broadcasting Corporation. Nothing about us without us. ABC unveils new diversity rules. Yeah. You know, because what I enjoy more than diversity is enforce diversity enforcement. What we should do is have a bunch of rules declaring what colour people can be to work here. Yes, it's very tolerant. <laughs> We're very diverse. It's enriching. TV production companies now must meet minimum diversity requirements 
ensuring the inclusion of, quote, underrepresented people and perspectives. Underrepresented. In order for their programs to be commissioned by the ABC. From Monday, all externally produced series ordered by two major divisions of the public broadcaster, entertainment and specialist, regional and local, must comply with the ABC's diversity and inclusion commissioning guidelines for on-screen content. Yes, because you know what I believe. If we're doing some kind of artistic endeavour, like, say, making a drama series or a comedy series or something like that, we all know that the art itself comes second to inclusion and diversity. So if I was writing a skit, for example, that, say, had, like, a conversation between four brothers who live in like a farming town who all happen to be white and you know they're having like little adventures and stuff we can now no longer put that on the abc because one of the brothers unfortunately must be a black man <laughs> one of the brothers must be a lesbian sorry while we already prioritize diversity and inclusion at the abc this is a quote this is the first time we have had prescribed guidelines. See, we're not, it's not rules, they're guidelines. To track progress, can I go outside the guideline? No, you absolutely must adhere to the guidelines. Well, then it's a rule. No, it's not. It's a guideline. I mean, it never ends. It never fucking ends. Prescribed guidelines to track progress toward our goal of looking and sounding like contemporary Australia, said Michael Carrington. Well, that's the thing. Contemporary Australia does not care about diversity quotas. That's a very fringe left-wing idea. To say that, you know, businesses need to have certain percentages of people based on their skin colour or their background or who they like to fuck. That's a very left-wing idea. That's not contemporary at all. Oh, no, no, no. We just do the extreme left-wing, um, very shallow policies in order to represent contemporary Australia. Right said Michael Carrington, ABC's Director of Entertainment and Specialist Programming. We've already... I mean, I'm I'm one of these, you know, obviously, I'm one of these awful racists who have these very archaic ideas that the best person should be... The best person should be cast for the role. Full stop. That's the only condition. See, here I am, one of these awful dinosaurs living in the 1950s. I don't even understand what sort of a bigot I am. I'm one of these awful people who believes the best person should be cast for the role. And that's it. <laughs> oh my God, chase him into the cornfield. We can't have this. He doesn't even care about the quota. He doesn't even care about representing contemporary Australia. No, I just want the best people, whoever they are, playing the roles to the best of their ability. Makes me a racist now. ABC's Director of Entertainment and Specialist Programming. Quote, we've already taken steps in this direction, but we need to do more. We, it's never enough. To better reflect the wonderful diversity of this nation. As a general rule, externally produced series must be either about underrepresented communities or experiences, or include at least one main character cast member who is either Indigenous or from a culturally or linguistically diverse background, someone who lives with a disability, or someone who identifies as LGBTQI. You need to have at least one person on every show you make. 
See, I would have thought that's putting the cart before the horse, but what would I know? What would I know? Because this gets explained, right? This gets explained by one of the employees of the ABC. Because here I am, like, at this point I'm thinking, okay, for ex- what about this, though? What if we're doing a show about fucking, you know, four rugby league players or five or a team of rugby league players in the 1920s, right? And they're all white guys. No, no, no. We have to. We now have to change history to reflect what we want to see in the future, right? No, no, no. We have to have a gay guy on the team, <laughs> even though there was there was no gay guy on the team. Let's create one. Let's make one. Let's do a story about the gay guy on the team in the 1920s. How about how about we have a female kicker come onto the field in you know 1915? <laughs> Uh, we can't. We can't have just all white men anymore. We have to become creative with history. Production companies must also quote demonstrate representation of these communities among key staff, such as writers, producers, and directors. And at least half of the main cast and crew must be women or people who identify as quote gender diverse. So if you have a if you have a successful program at the ABC, just say this was happening. Just say you have a successful comedy program at the ABC and you have 10 comedy writers for this program, but eight of them are men and two of them are women. You now must, you are by their own rules, you are now forced. Just say this this show is a great hit. This team works wonderfully well together. They're very funny, right? You must now fire three of those writers and replace them with women. Because we said so. Because it's not about what's, you know, it's not about what's best for the show necessarily. It's about what's best to represent what we want, right? It's about ideology. We have to shove square pegs into round holes so we feel better about ourselves or something. Again, just hire the best people for the job. The rest will take care of itself. No, no, no. We need to, we need to make rules for this. Sally Riley, head of ABC's drama, comedy, and Indigenous program. Incidentally, you know the pay gap, right? There was a study released about two or three years ago about the pay gap that exists at the ABC. Let me see if I can find it. Because this is fun. Oh, wouldn't you know, it's very difficult... It's very difficult to find this article on Google. How, who would have thought? <laughs> anyway, I wish I could find the article, but unfortunately I can't. Um, because... Hang on. No, 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 no. So what they discovered was there is a gender pay gap at the ABC. The women earn far more than the men. But then you would have like articles being written in the Guardian and saying, women earning more than men at the ABC is not, it's not, um, you know, a lack of equality. Women earning more than men at the ABC is fair. (laughs) So the same people who have been telling you if there's a difference in the pay between the men and the women, it's evil and sexist. The minute that women start earning more, they go, it's about time. (laughs) Of course women should earn more. They deserve it. (laughs) 
It's just shameless. That's why there's no point arguing with these people. There's no point trying to bring... You don't bring logic to a gunfight, you know what I mean? They're, they're not going to care. They're not going to listen. They will tell you to your face that it is unfair for... They're, they're, it is unfair for men to be earning more than women. And you'll say, okay. And then you'll start paying the women more than you pay the men. And you'll say, is this unfair? And they say, no, it's what we deserve. <laughs> so, you know, stop trying. Stop trying. So Sally Riley, head of ABC's drama, comedy and Indigenous programming, said the guidelines would benefit all ABC viewers. Quote, it makes our stories richer and more interesting. There's that enriching again. Little bit of cultural enrichment. Now listen to this. Listen to this. I want to change hearts and minds. And the way to do that is to emotionally engage our audience with authentic stories. Remember, this is the head of the ABC's drama, comedy, and Indigenous programming. Comedy is just like lumped in there. I want to change hearts and minds. And the way to do that is to emotionally engage our audience. Sounds like a fucking barrel of laughs. Engage our audience with authentic stories. It will also be amazing for people from diverse backgrounds to see themselves portrayed on our screens. Australia is constantly changing and we need to reflect that on the ABC. Listen to this. I love this part. Riley said specific diversity requirements might differ depending on the nature of the program. <laughs> so already... So as soon as they have announced a bunch of rules when it comes to gender diversity and racial diversity and inclusion and stuff, on the day that they announce a bunch of rules, they already start saying, well, we're going to choose when we do it. <laughs> we're going to choose when these rules apply. You know, I mean, it's not, they're, they are only guidelines. <laughs> we're already thinking of ways to break the rules. Riley said specific diversity requirements might differ depending on the nature of a program. A documentary about the funding of disability services, for instance, must include a significant proportion of core cast and crew who live with a disability. A drama set on the front lines of the Gallipoli campaign, which is World War I, okay, a drama set on the front lines of the Gallipoli campaign, however, would not automatically be exempt from casting women or Indigenous actors in lead roles. <laughs> right? you, know that, you know that war where a bunch of white people died killing another bunch of white people? Mm, yeah. What if we tell the story about the wife? <laughs> Think I'm joking? Quote, We know there were Aboriginal soldiers fighting in that war. Yes, of course we do. And it wasn't just about the men on the battlefield. It's about the women and children who were left at home and kept the country running. They're the real heroes. We might ask, quote, how can we build in a storyline about a partner or mother of one of the soldiers? Yes, because when I tune into a war, you know, a period war show, where there's lots of killing and war-like activities, what I really want is long, drawn-out scenes where the mother of a soldier is crying in front of the radio. That's what I'm tuning in for. Why can't we hear more of those stories? 
You know, we've heard so much about the, we've heard so much about the men fighting in World War One. How about we start introducing more stories about the women who kept the country running at home? Imagine if you presented like this, you've got this fucking killer war story. It's an amazing story. You can't wait to tell the story. You, you, it's a work of art, this script. And you hand the script in and they come back and say, mm, do you think you could work a lesbian in somewhere? <laughs> like, say, what if the general has a lesbian sister who is fighting for equal rights at the uh, armaments factory? Can we do something like that? Perhaps? Oh, 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 I know. Now, you've got this scene here where the three boys from Newcastle are mourning the loss of their friend who died in the Gallipoli campaign while they're in the trenches and they're sharing bread and having a drink and having a conversation about how much they'd like to go home. What if we cut back from that scene and then we go back to Australia and we start telling the story of the illegitimate Indigenous love child of one of the, one of the soldiers? <laughs> What if we do that? You know, the scene where the general is talking with the other generals and they're making strategy, they're looking at maps and they're moving, you know, warriors around the field of battle and stuff like that. What if, can we work in a way to get the story somehow that like, uh, you know, uh, how can I put this? Maybe he beats people of colour when he goes back to his tent, maybe? Maybe work in that he's a little bit of a racist. <laughs> can we do that? Maybe he has a gay son who he persecutes. Maybe we can do that for General Custer. <laughs> Maybe, can we write in a gay son that Winston Churchill hates? <laughs> who he pretends doesn't exist. <laughs> you, would, you would never go over there and fight, would you? Because you're a little pansy boy. <laughs> you're a little pansy boy, aren't you? Aren't you, Thomas? Ah, oh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Diversity. Rules about diversity makes me smile, makes me so happy. And, you know, maybe one more thing before we go tonight. Thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I saw this short for an upcoming new series happening here in Australia. Now, this isn't on the ABC. This is, um, what is this? This is from Channel 7, which is a free-to-air corporate, you know, corporate television network and this is one of the new shows that this is a sneak peek of a new program about to hit Australian televisions and it looks very exciting so I thought I'd share it with you let's have a look so when people ask you what's your story what do you tell them I say well where do I begin at some point in my young adult life I just snapped yeah. and did not care about judgment from anyone from anything <laughs> What's the worst spell that you've ever cast on someone? I did a curse, and they committed suicide and hung themselves. Do you feel guilty? Hail Satan! Hey! Hail Satan! <laughs> Looks good, doesn't it? What a fun program! I'm glad people are being represented equally. We need more of this. <laughs> Damn, are they on Trovo? 
Because what we need is more equal representation to represent contemporary Australia. And it's going to be so nice for the Satanists to see their voice be represented. <laughs> Looking good, man. Nothing is essentially evil. Buddhist monks. Nothing is essentially good. So it's not straight into the orgies, but the orgies do come along. Okay, so... So it's people telling their stories. So we've got uh, drag queen, furry, Satanist who put a curse on somebody and made them commit suicide, Buddhist monks, and the white. We get when we get to like the straight white people, it's about boomer orgies. <laughs> it's about having orgies. Hail Satan! How are we going to tell the contemporary story of white people in this country? I know, let's have them all having sex with each other. Good. So it's not straight into the orgies, but the orgies do come along. The orgies come along from time to time. Satanists next door. Real stories. Furries uncovered. Yes, come on now. How do you guys deal with personality clashes between monks? <laughs> Everyone has a story. Wow. There you go. <laughs> God Looks good, doesn't it? What a wonderful idea for a program. And I'm just glad that diversity is being represented. I really am. All right, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave it there for tonight. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of The Daily Books. Don't forget to follow all of our friends. Later on tonight, who have you got later tonight? Coffee Talk with Sandra, Irrational Times, and there may be an announcement to make regarding Irrational Times coming up a little later in the week and yours truly potentially appearing on some kind of episode of Irrational Times. We'll see. When I get a little bit more info, I'll get back to you. So we've got that Irrational Times. Uh, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchman Mersh, I think, will be on later as well. Don't forget tomorrow morning, Lois Ropez, Wade Dave, JJ Stoner. Uh, Sunday night shit show if you missed it over the weekend. Major Tom, Joy of Pessy. I think Joy of Pessy's taking some time off. Uh, winning TV tomorrow night. Winning TV, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Uh, Iceman double four double three. Don't forget the commissary. Got a commissary. What about the commissary? Um, uh, at Real Person PLTCS. Did I forget anyone? Chimani. Did I forget anyone? I don't think I forgot anyone. Just follow all the boys and gals. And thank you for joining us. I'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive and Streamlabs. Until next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Mm, can't wait for some of these snags. This is going to be good at.
Did you realise there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these snags. This is going to be good at. 